Thank you, John. John John. Are you John the third? Yeah, he's John the third. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna hear about that. Good morning, church. So glad you're here. And the time we have spent in worship. Now, I know this because this is part of my job. I met some new people. Let's give those who are here for the first time in the room and online. Thank you, guys. And a couple of others I saw. We warmly welcome you, and we're so glad that you can seek to spend this time to worship with us because that's what the body of Christ is about. And we're all scattered. Some are watching us online, or maybe you too, it's your first time. Just put in the chat room there, and the, the team member on call right now will be able to respond to you and to just include you. Everybody needs to be included, and we're going to see that in our scriptures today and what we're learning. Because in this season of Lent, we are talking about the journey that Jesus was on in this series. Jesus was on the journey, but we're picking it up with what we call 40 days of, of Lent. But Jesus has always been on the journey, we will see. And we have the great invitation to be invited to be part of that journey that Jesus is taking for mankind. And you and I are greatly privileged that we can be on mission with Jesus. So the mission of Jesus Christ, our Savior, is what he's inviting us all to be about. This mission has been going on for a long time. And every one of us, we step in the mission of Jesus, and we continue, and we bring others. In my role, I have this great privilege to learn and to meet and to connect with people who've already been on the mission here at Northland in particular, and some others around the world. And yesterday was one of those moments right in this room, just uh, close to 200 people we gathered here for a celebration of life. And someone had passed away, and I'm going to tell you more about him, but we gathered here to celebrate his life. The reason that is so important to me because many of us, or all of us, we stand on the shoulders. Uh, back in January, I may have told you we had a celebration of life for Zona Mingle, Zona was one of the first ones who, when Northland started, was playing the, the piano like Marsh and Harrison are playing for us this weekend. And she had gone to be with the Lord, and we were celebrating that life. And many Northlanders in person and online joined us. But yesterday, we had the one who we go back 50 years when Northland started. And there were three families that it was a great pleasure to connect with the family members yesterday. But Lyle Nelson, Lyle Nelson was a businessman here in Orlando. He was in insurance and later on in real estate. They were the ones, Lyle Nelson and John Christensen and also the Swanson family, they were the ones who were the first ones who signed up to establish a church called Northland. And to be with those people yesterday was to hear stories from his children, his three sons, his daughter, and all the relationship they've had, that they've always been on mission with Jesus. When 50 years ago they gathered and just had about few people, you know, and said they were in English estate over there in, uh, by Oxford, they were in English estate, they started this church, they were going to call Northland. And they stood for the gospel. I've had opportunity to, to read some of the documents that this church was established so that we can proclaim Jesus Christ, so that we can be on mission with him. And Lai was a man who was a man of faith, 
All his team members, they were sharing, his family members and friends were sharing the faith in Jesus Christ that he demonstrated. Whether he was in traveler's insurance or whether he was in real estate, in the community, he knew about Jesus. And he told people about it, that you should know him. And so when they started, the privilege I had yesterday was just to talk to his sons and daughters and, and daughter-in-laws and all of that. But they knew that dad was a man of faith. When he wanted to start, those of you who do family class, he took them to a park and all these kids, these men who were here now yesterday, and he took all the pictures of these family members and their kids, and when he brought it to church, I want to tell you how to raise your children to follow Jesus. And to hear that story up here, it was because they were on mission with Jesus. And had the great privilege to meet um, Reverend John Christensen. He was the pastor, you know, that we stand on his shoulder. He was the first pastor who was pastor in Northland, right there. But John and, and, and Kyle, Kyle Lie Nelson, Lie Nelson, they went on to start two other churches in this area. 40 years ago, they started another church. 41 years ago, they started another church. I tell you that story because it connects with what we're talking about today, that every one of us should be on the mission that Jesus Christ came, he, he completed, and now he invites us to continue the journey. So as we, as we reflect this morning, consider what would be your story when 50 years has passed, what would be told? And some of the stories that was told about Lyle Nelson was when he got older, he couldn't drive and people were taking places. So, and he just went with the trend that was there. You jump on an Uber or Lyft. And every Uber driver or Lyft driver heard the gospel when, when, John got, when he got in the car. And the pastor, uh, Josh, who was leading the service, another pastor, Josh, and he said, I always knew when an Uber driver showed up to the church to pick up uh, a lie, that guy's going to hear the gospel that day. That is a man on mission. That is a man who knew what Jesus Christ was here for, and that is a man who wants to complete that mission. We are invited to be part of that mission. So in this Lenten series where we just take this 40 days to focus on Easter, we are taking these uh, stories in the scripture that we point us to the journey that Jesus was on and how we can join in that journey. Last week we saw where our elder John Cortinos guided us in the scripture and taught and directed us to see Jesus was on the mission with the word. Even when he faced temptations and difficulties, he was given what God has given to him. So today we're going to look at another story in the encounter with Jesus that clearly he tells us what was his mission. We're going to be reading from the book of Luke chapter 4. And if you are able, you could stand. I will read the verses that we'll be looking at. Luke chapter 4, verse 4 to 21. And then we'll draw some principles that we can learn from this. Hear the word of the, of the Lord. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogue, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. As was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Father, upon that promise that has been fulfilled, we stand here and to declare to you today, Father, that we want to hear your mission and to be on mission with King Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to look at a couple of uh, topics here, an outline here that we'll be able to see the mission that Jesus was on and how this mission relates to you and I today here at Northland. We're going to talk about the journey begins with Jesus. He was there in the journey, and you can be in the journey today. Then we talk about those that Jesus included. His journey includes different people. Everybody join him on his journey. And then we'll talk about the journey is the mission. So we'll start by looking at the journey begins with him. Jesus himself, the journey he's inviting us to be part of was the reason he came. Jesus was there in the beginning. So Jesus was born to do it, to be on a journey and a mission with all of us. So we see that he was present in creation as the God who created, and he was present when the mandate was given, let's go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Let's redeem what God has created. Jesus was there. So even when we come to the New Testament and read that he was born, that is just the manifestation of God in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us when he was present. So that is the reason why Jesus was there. He was born for that in creation, created all the beauty and gave it to mankind. And mankind was told, be on mission with the Father. Go and fulfill the, the mandate that God has given. But the second thing we see, people rejected it. Even though Jesus had given the mission in the beginning with God the Father, it was rejected. Not everybody wanted to be on mission with Jesus. So the whole story you read about the children of Israel, you know, where they are trying to get back, it was just up and down, backwards and forwards, up and down. The children of Israel, even though God had promised, he promised in the book there, right there in Genesis 3.15, that he would bring the Savior, the Messiah. But all the story you see, they were trying to get back to God. And what, how were they doing this? They were doing their own worship, their own sacrifices. They'll go forwards and backwards, and then now they are taken into captivity. So it just did not happen. Mankind turned away from the mission that God has given. No difference today. Many of us know that why we are called to be a follower of Jesus Christ is to be on mission with Jesus, but it's rejected. It was rejected in the Old Testament, but that did not end it. God still wanted to show that it would be determined that Jesus Christ would carry out the mission. And so the prophecies are there in the scripture. If you want to read a book that is loaded with the prophecies, read the book of Isaiah. You will see so many of these prophecies that were declared for us in the book of Isaiah. I'm going to read a couple of those for us to be able to see that. God knew that even though people had rejected it, Jesus is going to stay on mission. 
We read in Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah is writing this about the servant Jesus Christ. And chapter 42, Isaiah chapter 42, he reads, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nation. And so it's describing the promise that was going to come. So Isaiah laid it out. You can read that in 29. You can also read that in 46. That a loving God did not leave a mankind that had fallen, a mankind that had sinned, that disobedient had come. They had rejected him, but a loving God was still reaching out. He said, I will bring the one that will bring redemption, the one that will bring salvation. So Isaiah promised it. And the next thing we see that Jesus stayed determined to do it. So the one who was in creation in the beginning, the one who had created everything and see mankind go far away from him, he was still inviting and bringing mankind into that. So we come to the passage we just read in Luke that when Jesus arrived on the scene. So now imagine Jesus born in Bethlehem and he goes to Jerusalem. You know, he's confirmed there. But he's now in Nazareth as the 30-year-old guy who's going to make a declaration. So what we read, let me point out a couple of things that we'll see that Jesus was determined to make sure he would do it. So we go back to Luke chapter 4. And Jesus is now there. The Bible tells us the Spirit of God was upon him. Jesus was fully God and Jesus was fully man. But in his humanity, the Spirit of God was going to come upon him so that he can declare his mission. And he said, the Spirit of God is upon me. Oh, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive the same Spirit that Jesus received. To do what? He said, I was anointed, that he was set apart. He was filled by God for the mission. He was the chosen one. He was the Messiah. He was the only one who created what he created that fell apart, that he would come back to redeem. How was he going to redeem it? Here are a couple of ways that we see that Jesus was commissioned to do the, the following. He said, to preach the good news to the poor. Jesus came to declare the message of the love of God. And so he was going to tell us, I am here. What Isaiah wrote about, what the Father promised throughout the scriptures, I'm going to be telling people about a loving God. So he, the Messiah, will preach to reach poor and anyone, poor in the spirit, physically poor, they need the gospel. And Jesus Christ came to proclaim that. He also came to proclaim freedom for prisoners. People were in bondage. People needed deliverance. And right throughout the gospel, you see in the story of Jesus, he was, also, he was not only proclaiming the gospel, but he was setting people free. Prisoners free. Recovery of sight to the blind. Physically, people were blind. Jesus healed them. We saw that in the scriptures. Also, spiritually, people were blind. They couldn't tell that the Messiah, the Son of God, the Deliverer, the Savior was among them. But Jesus came to bring people back to them. People were oppressed, demon-possessed, evil spirits. Jesus came in his power to set people free from demons and spirits. And all of that was part of his mission. In his journey, his mission was to do that. And his mission was that what he started in creation what fell, what he redeemed, and what he restored will be finally restored in the end. And the end, Jesus Christ wins. Nobody else wins. That was the message he came. So church, if we want to be on the journey of Jesus, we should consider what Jesus has said. 
He began the journey. He is in the journey. He will be to the end of the journey. And we have been invited that. The reason is he came to seek and to save the lost. That is a mission. Every follower, everyone who has declared faith in Jesus Christ, you should be on the same mission with Jesus Christ. So he begins the journey. Oh, by the grace of God, may we continue the journey we've called on. The second thing we'll see that the journey includes all people. So the journey that Jesus Christ started, he was including everyone, and he made it very clear. You know, we read, uh, we'll start off by saying the first three stories that you'll see, who did Jesus include in the journey? The first one we'll see is in the book of Matthew chapter 10. And Jesus included people like him. He included people who were like him to be in the journey. Because he told his followers, let us go to the lost house of Israel. His own people, Jesus was a Hebrew, he was a Jew, he had an ethnicity. And so he said, I am going to reach out to the people who are like me. He called them the lost sheep of Israel because some of them did not even know why they existed. The Messiah was going to come and live among them. The Savior was going to come because we read in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, he was sent to save us from our sins. Jesus said, I will include my people. And in those first few years, he sent the seven, he sent them, the 12, he sent them out to the lost ship of Israel. Go tell these people they are lost. Oh, church, may we think about people who are like us, your tribe, your ethnicity, your family, those immediately around you, that's a mission field that you should be on a journey with. Yeah, it may be difficult. They may be giving you a hard time, you know, in-laws, outlaws, whatever laws. But that is your mission field. Stay in your mission field. Be with those people to declare the good news, the mission of Jesus Christ, that he's come to redeem and save those. So people like us, Jesus wanted. He went to his own. And the Bible even tells us his own did not receive him. So that's the invitation to include. The second group of people that we see that Jesus came to, to reach out to them was people different than us. People who are not Jews, but these are the people they call Gentiles. So in the land of Palestine, there were also a group of people who were Gentiles. They were not complete Jews. You know, they said they worship differently. They said they followed the Torah, but they are not just going to be included in these people. And the Gentiles had many different names. You know, every one of us will stay with our own ethnicity, but we know how to tell what the others are. You know what the Jews were calling the, the Gentiles? They called them pagans. They called them even dogs because they were Gentiles. They called them heathen. You know, in the history of the church, there were many times when people had not yet received the gospel, they called them heathens. You know, the heathens are there. But it was already in the beginning there that those who were different than them were, were considered differently. So you come to Matthew chapter 10. How did Jesus engage with somebody different than them? So his people, so, sorry, Matthew chapter 8, we see Jesus encountering somebody that is different than him. Well, the Jews were controlled by the Romans. The Romans were tough governing authorities. They had power, they take no nonsense. So Jesus had moved from from his hometown of Nazareth, he moved to Capernaum. And he moved to Capernaum for some reason. He needed the political protection, so he was living there. 
And so in this story we see here in, in, in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 to 13, a Roman centurion showed up, somebody different than Jesus, showed up with him and he's allowed to speak with Jesus. Different than him? Yes. He said, my servant is sick. I want you to heal him. And Jesus said, oh, the story is really amazing. I hope you can read it sometime. And, and Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? And this man who is a man under authority said to Jesus, oh, you don't need to come. I am a man of authority. I just say what and my servants will do. Just speak a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, this man who was different than him had greater faith. He said he had such a great faith that he said, go and your servant is healed. So when even we encounter people who are different than us, our challenge is that engage them with the message of Jesus. Jesus engaged the people like him, the Romans who were different from him, who will later crucify and kill him, but he included them. On his journey, they were included in his story. Who are the people that you have walls and barriers that you see them from distance, that you don't see them well, they quite don't fit our demographics. Jesus on the mission and the journey, we should be including those people. Whoever you may call uh, a Gentile. You know, I come from my home, my country of birth. We speak 21 languages. My wife and I, different ethnic groups. But we also have to learn to include. Not easy. You know, some countries even have more languages than we can think about. But everyone is to be included, even though they are different. Because the gospel, the good news, is the only one that can break the barriers. The third story about the group of people that Jesus included is in John chapter 4. That's a story, I will not read the entire story, but I want you to consider it, that people who don't fit our labels, they really don't talk like us, they don't speak like us, they don't smell like us, they don't dress like us, they're just different. In his journey, he included all those people to be, and these are the people now we call the Samaritans. These are the Samaritans, the people who are distanced. They were people when Israel went into captivity and they all got together, they were now a mixed race. You know, they were different. They would do their own worship different from the, from the Jews. They worship at Mount Gerizim, and these other people worship in Jerusalem. So there were spiritual and religious differences, absolute. You can't put them in a box. The Samaritans, they were, they were the ones who had gone out and because of mixed marriage, they are intermarried and they came. And so the Jews, they looked down on Gentiles, they looked down on Samaritans. Now Jesus had this opportunity. He's no longer now in, in Galilee in the north there. He's now in just north of Jerusalem. He encounters this woman so, uh, at the well. So the story is Jesus and his disciples arrived and it is noon, so it was lunchtime. So this group of disciples decide that, huh, we're going to get um, lunch. So they take off and go to wherever they were going to have lunch, whether they had their own wawas or Publix or wherever. They're going out to have lunch. And Jesus sat at the well where they left him, and there was this woman. Every barrier you can think about was there. She was a woman meeting with a man. The Jewish people just didn't mix those two things up. So she was a woman, and she was about water to get from the well, and she's sitting there with Jesus. And Jesus broke the silence. He said to the woman, will you give me a drink? 
You know, spiritual conversation always comes by just talking about social or needs things. And that opened a whole conversation with Jesus and this woman. And she said, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan. Distinction there. And a woman, how is it that you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. These are people who are just different. You know, you and I, we class people. Huh, that guy speaks with an accent. He dressed different. He walks different. And it's in the Bible. So don't worry when you make those distinctions. But we are called to break down the barriers. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who is it that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the drink. Sir, she said, you have nothing to draw with. And Jesus now is engaging this woman because he saw her spiritual quest. Jesus broke the barriers. And the rest of the story, I encourage you really to, to read it. You see, Jesus, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I will give will never thirst again. And Jesus said to her, and the woman said, give me this drink. And then the woman said, sir, give me this water that I, I get so that I will not thirst again. And he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she said. Jesus said, you are right. When you said you have no husband, the fact is that you have had five husbands and the man you are now, you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So there were lots of things to reject her. She does not fit the label. You know, divorce, remarry, divorce, remarry. This is the kind of woman that Jesus, not, not uh, ostracizing, but including her. And what do we see? The rest of the story is that he declared to him that he's the anointed one. He declared to him that he's the Messiah. Just what we had read in Luke chapter 4. And the Bible says this woman, she left her bucket and ran into town and told everyone, come see a man who've told me everything. This is the Messiah. And her declaration, her witness to the people in that church, immediately the Bible tells us more people came to know Jesus Christ than the disciples would, would have done. They were more busy. They don't want to save souls at supper times. So people who are not like us are the ones Jesus could use us to reach out to them and to be able to get the gospel. You know, there are a group of people down 1792. They will never be in this church but many years ago, we had an executive here in our church. She would just go on outreach, you know, and she would just reach out to these homeless people behind Wawa, you know, all in the place there. And she just got to know Pam. And Pam was the one that our sister, we spent time with her, you know, just care for her, what she needed physically and materially and Bible study. We celebrated Pam's birthday here. You know, we just bring her from the woods, but she would just go back there. If she's not in the woods, she's in the, in the jailhouse. But she was one of those we felt that she does not fit our labels, but she was included. So now I have an opportunity to continue relationship with, with them down 1792. You know, they are all hanging out. Sometimes we have some extras at church here. Immediately I show up. You know how they announce me? Oh, they are part of Northland. Their pastor has brought their lunch. They feel included. They are not ostracized. Whether we are standing at the, at the McDonald's where we are buying food, they feel they are part of us. You know, they will tell us we belong to Northland. They will not fit a label. But Jesus wants us to reach out to people of different nations. Because humanly, we can put people in categories. You know, I tell people, I don't know how you describe my grandchildren. 
You know, my son-in-law, it's a white Caucasian guy from Upper Peninsula, so they call them Yupas. Is that correct? They call them from up there. And comes down here to Northland and serving here and meets my black daughter and they get married. So they have my grandchildren. So what are they? <laughs> you think about that. You call them names, right? So well, are they African-American? Are they Caucasian? They are my grandsons. They are humans. So we cannot limit how God can tell us we can reach. So through those three boys, son-in-law, daughter, daughter, and all of those, we reach. My family is just so, all of us, we try to demonstrate it. Africans, my wife and I, and these uh, peninsula, and then we, we have a Latino now in the family. Can you imagine when they get together, Africans, Latinos? I just feel sorry for the UP boy over there. But God has said, I call you to reach out to the nations. You know, here at Northland, we try to identify. I can't see well, but I know those who are from different nations in this church. You know, some of you are from Latin American countries. We have a huge number of people from Asia, you know, the different Asian countries represented, whether it's Japan, whether it's China, whether it's Indonesia, you know, and all of these people are the nations. You know, you even think, you know, in the last service, we had a group of people from Poland. They said, well, I'm really from Poland, but my other family members are from Ukraine. You know, I hope we're all praying and lifting our brothers and sisters. We have lots of relationships there. We'll be telling you more about that, how we can serve them together. But God has called us to the nations. Even during this time, we, we use the book, Seek God for the City, during the, the days of Lent. You can pray for every country in the world. And Matthew Shiles, who is in missions, you know, we start to check, okay, do we have this nationality as we go through the book? Oh yeah, we have somebody from Venezuela, from Colombia. Yeah, she's from Colombia, right there. You're from Colombia, right? Uh, Colombia, oh, we have somebody from um, Mexico and all these countries from, from Argentina. The nations are among us. And so in Matthew's calculation, uh, we have over, he said it's coming up to 40, over 37 different nations that are represented. I think there was somebody even from Germany, you know, they are visiting there. Somewhere yesterday we also have someone else from Germany. The church of Jesus Christ to see the world as God's parish, as a mission field. That we need to be on this journey to reach every kindred, every tribe, every nation, every boy and girl with the kingdom of God. You know, we don't only have to go to the south side of town. You know where those places are, right? That we go to particular pavilions because they tell us about the nations. But the nations are among us. You get out of Dog Track Road and be praying for across the street. God is going to bring more nations to us. Every time you go out, you see those apartments. We're going to be reaching out to whoever God brings that. But if you go down Dog Track Road, either direction, you go on, on 4, 427, you go on uh, 1792, you come back around on 434, the nations are there. Oh, that we will lift up our eyes and see the kingdom of God. So what do we do if we have to be on mission with Jesus? How do we get out from this place and say, so now what? Now what do I do? How do I find these people that God has called us to so that I can join and Jesus on the mission? Let me give you a couple of uh, handles that we can take out that the journey is a mission. Number one, live, that I live out the mission of Jesus. And Jesus made it clear that I am supposed to be the one who is following it, and he calls it there when he says, I live out the nation. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, be salt and light of the world. 
There's so much darkness and decay in our world today that we as Christians don't just go get to get there and foster it. We as Christians are the ones who should be shining at lights, that our light shines in the place we work. I told you the story of Lionel Singh. You know, being an insurance man, being in real estate or whatever your profession, you be the light and salt of Jesus Christ there. Let them know that I can let people know about Jesus by conversations like the woman at the well, all the, all the centurion, Jesus, start spiritual conversation. Yeah, you can talk about the weather and all of those, but talk about how you believe. I don't mean being in the face of people because every believer is to be salt and light. The Bible says we should be witnesses for Jesus Christ. If the woman at the well can get up and go be salt and light to her community, that they don't just see her as a woman with five husbands and shame on her, but now she's accepted in the kingdom. When was the last time you engaged somebody different than you, somebody who doesn't fit to live? Live out the mission, loving others and reaching out. Second, that I may proclaim it. Our job is to how will they hear without us not verbalizing the gospel. When you have these opportunities with friends you sit around, let them know that you really want to declare who Jesus is. I hope every one of you on the sound of my voice, in this room online, you have friends who are not Christians. Whether different lifestyle, whether different economic, whether different social standards, they are not believers. We need to engage and be with them. I just love to be with my non-Christian friends. Never easy, but Jesus says, I'm salt, I am light. I live my life so that they can show it. I love one of my former neighbors. I just love this guy. You know, he will not come to church, but he knows next door when he lived there, he was a pastor. So when he has these questions, he will ask me, well, what do you think about this? So, oh, can you try this? Can you do this? But I will declare my Jesus to him. So I always we pray for Randy. That's where you start. You know, to proclaim the gospel is start to love the people, start to pray for them when you meet them in different places. Wherever God calls you, proclaim the message of Jesus. Be bold ambassadors. Be courageous. Don't hide your Christian witness around. Sometimes people are telling us more about what they believe and do, and they can never know what we believe because we're just not following and faithfully. And thirdly, what we need to do is to take it to the wall. If I believe that this is a message that our mission on Jesus, he calls me to be a witness, a witness that I have experienced Jesus. I know his power in my life, and there are people who are out there they don't know. In your business dealings, in your interactions, in your social things, start to be able to engage people in a way that the light of the world, the salt of the earth in us, Jesus Christ, can be well demonstrated. That we are not the Christians that they even can't come to our church because they know that our life contradicts others. We want to be the church that helps every one of us should be declaring Jesus. So there are ways we can help you. You know, our elder Dan Hathaway always teaches this class how to share your faith. It's coming up on the 23rd. So make sure you go online, you can register, and come and get that experience that you be courageous and bold and in every way you can tell people about who Jesus is and why he has come. Your job is to do invitation. So when you leave today, I hope you will grab one of these, we call it the invitation. 
you know, that we have here. It's an invitation, yes, to say who we are. You know, I get these ideas, then I go to our communications team, drive them nuts, right, Bradley? So no, you can't do that. But they help me to get every information that I can invite people to. So it's right there. Even have a QR code. I don't know how that works, but they can. You have the QR code, but you know what we put in there? And Dan Hathaway and I would put the gospel message. So you just lovingly share it with people. And then on the back, you have more ways that you can involve. So make sure you grab some of those so that you are inviting, you are on mission with Jesus. And the other thing we see in declaring that, in this message, when Jesus said, go into all the world, we are called to be. This is clear in the Bible, to be a great commission church. And that is the people who believe Matthew 28 and verse 16 to 9. We worship God, but we go and go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. If everybody at Northland Church is just one feet, it's not going to work. You know, we're not going to help Sophie reach people in China because I can go to China, but my sister there, Sophie, can be able to help me reach people in China through her ministry. So we should be doing it. The whole world is our parish. We're not limited to 530 Dog Track Road. And in this mission that we're given, we have a timeline. Jesus said, we better get on this job in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world, and then the end will come. We will be successful. We will win in the end. Don't you want to be about something that we know the winning results? That Jesus Christ will come because you and I have been faithful to declare him, to let others know. So what's your journey and what is the mission that you are on? What is that journey that you will consider during this time to say, I want to recommit myself to the mission of Jesus Christ. It's not just the mission of Northland. It is the King of Kings and Lord of Law who has invited you. So I want us to take some time to start to consider the following things we've talked about today. The journey begins with Jesus. Have you seen his mission? Are you ready to say, Jesus, I want to be on a mission, my job, my family, my friends, my relationship? Second, who is included in that journey with you? People who are like you, people who are different than you, and people who they don't fit your label. Engage them, that is the, the mission that Jesus has called. So our journey is our mission. Let's just pause for some time as we really consider what will God be calling you? Who do you know is like you that doesn't know the gospel on your mission? Who is different than you? You are really struggling with them. And who is it that doesn't fit your label? Because the mission will be completed. I want to be part of that winning mission. Who are those rejecting the mission right now that need Jesus? So let's just pause and private and silently pray for anywhere you are on that, in those categories or maybe all of those categories. Take a moment of silent prayer, then I will conclude us in prayer. Lord Jesus, you know the prayers of my brothers and sisters now in this room and online. The mission had begun. Jesus, you never forgot that there are people who we reject, but there are people who we receive. 
but we are born to share this gospel as you were. Help us, Father, to include others. Father, in these prayers now, there may be a group of people we know that are like us, but they don't want the gospel. I pray, Father, you just pour that in our hearts. Father, may we be a church of men and women that our journey is our mission of the King Jesus. So Holy Spirit, come with your mighty power. Pour it on us, Lord, even as we sing the song in our worship, in our dedication, in our commitment, in our declaration, that the whole world is your parish. And Lord, you can, we can go in the power of that spirit and to declare your gospel for which we are thankful and for which we praise you. Amen. Please let's stand to worship and make our declaration.